And in the first 18 verses of that 17th chapter, another glorious experience with a mountain. After six days, Jesus taketh Peter and James and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is so good for us to be here. What do you say? Let's just build three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, don't be afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then say the scribes that Elijah must first come? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elijah truly shall first come and restore all things. But I say unto you that Elijah is already come. And they knew him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they listed. Likewise shall also the Son of Man suffer of them. Then the disciples understood that he spoke unto them of John the Baptist. And when they were coming to the multitudes, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. And oft times he falleth into the fire and off into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they couldn't help him. They couldn't cure him. Then Jesus answered, and he said, O oh, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I suffer you? And then to the Father he said, Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that hour. Matthew continues the narrative as over in the 27th chapter of the same gospel. In the 27th chapter, beginning at the 57th verse, 
And when even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and he begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And now into the first chapter of the book of Acts. Acts, the first chapter, at the sixth verse. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, remember, this is a conversation with the resurrected Lord. The story has gone from the tomb. Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And Dr. Hendricks, I think it's the same cloud that you talked about today of the saints that were welcoming the Son, the Savior, back to heaven. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? Why, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. And now the twelfth verse says, Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet. Go from this mountain. We must. No matter how delightful the days, no matter how informing the conferences, no matter how stirring the music, no matter what, there comes a time when we must go down from the mountain, 
and what we do as we go on our way, and the place to which each of us will go is bounded in the specifics of the direction of God. High and holy experiences make us want to imitate Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration when he said, Lord, I just don't want to leave this place. There are a mean bunch down there. Let's stay up here. Let's build three tabernacles and we'll just stay here and sing and worship and have a good time. Let's don't go down to that mean old cruel world. And we'll just stay up here and live happily ever after. But if I could sound like Dr. Hendricks for just a moment in one little line, but that is not the way of it. Down from the mountain, we must go. We must go from this mountain because down in the valleys where God calls us to serve Him and to minister and to exercise the gifts and the talents and the abilities that He has given to us, we must find our way to help to reach out as did our Master as He moved down from any mountaintop experience to touch the lepers and to cleanse them and to touch the lunatics and to help them to think straight and to touch the dead. For even as he came down from that Mount Calvary and came through that open door that forever has given an open door of entrance into the presence of God, so we too, as his disciples, under his commissioning, we have dead folks to touch dead in trespass and dead in sin and dead in ignorance and dead in their misunderstandings and dead in their grumblings and often so dead in their material prosperity. We must go down from this mountain because the world is full of lepers and lunatics and dead folks and we must speak to them in the name of Jesus. It's a big world. Those who count population tell us that there are over four and one-half billion people on the face of the globe. And if the present population trend continues by the year 2000, just 15 short years away, there will be six billion people on this earth. Who will tell them about Jesus? Who will cure the leprosy of sin in their midst? Who will bring the light so that they can move out of their darkness? Who will touch their minds so that they will think rightly about godly things? It can be done. 
And it can be done in exactly the same way as a little while ago. We touched each other. And as one then touched another until everyone had received the touch. So as we go down from this place to our churches, to our fields of service, to our mission opportunities, so as we touch people one by one by one, and they in turn touch one by one by one, the multiplying effect of it will be electrifying. And yes, I do believe it is possible for us to change the whole complex of a world and the total population of this globe in this one generation in which we live. We must go down from this mountain because if we stay on this mountain, there are some miracles that will never ever happen. There are some miracles out there just waiting for you. There are some miracles out there waiting for you to be involved. There are some miracles just waiting to happen to see if you will have the kind of faith that it takes to take an impossible crisis situation and to stay so close to Jesus in the midst of it that you'll see miracles come about. And you can sing over and over and over again as we have done in these days that truly there is victory in Jesus. Oh, I am not so blind and so deaf and so dumb. I am not a novice in this business. I have been in the ministry for 40 years. I know that there are church situations that are so hard and so difficult that pastors' hearts break. I know that there are situations where men and women who call themselves Christians can live like the devil and be as mean as the devil in the midst of the Lord's church. I know that there are winds that blow that are contrary to that which would bring about a victory in Jesus. But remember, we are of the Lord's army, and we have received a great command and a great commission from Him. We must go down from this mountain. We must go down from this mountain because we have a message. We are not to go and simply spout our own philosophies, our own nice intricate little theories of how the world ought to be run and what things ought to be done. But we have a singular and a single message. And that is that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Would you believe that there are millions of people who've never heard that? Would you believe it that there are millions of people all over this world who do not know that there is a God in heaven who loves them, who knows their name, who counts the hairs on their head, who weeps a broken heart in their distressful, sinful condition? You see, you and I have a message. It would be wonderful if you have that mental capacity to be able to commit to, to memory all of the Scriptures. I marvel when I think about Angel Martinez in that ability of his as he has put the entire Scriptures to the memory. He can recite the entire Bible. What a magnificent thing to do. But you know, there are so many of you who might say, I can't go to a lost person. I don't know what to say to them. 
I can't remember a lot of scriptures and I can't remember a lot of the steps. Listen, forget all that. Take one verse of scripture. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Pray for the one you go to visit. Pray as you visit. Say that scripture. Don't say a lot else except to say, I know it works, for it works in my own heart. And you're a scatterer of the seed. You see, that's the message. We're to go down from this mountain because we have the message of healing. And there are a lot of people that will die in their sins if we do not tell them the message. We must go down. We must tell that message. Simple complex, magnificent, beyond understanding, and yet so very simple that as we kneel by the side of the little child, we can tell him lovingly and tenderly about another little baby who came into the world and who grew loving him and dying to save him. Oh, we have a message, the message that God forgives, that God forgives fully, that God forgives freely, that God forgives with a finality, that God forgives forever. Yes, we must go down from the mountain. But if we go down from the mountain with simply the notes that we have collected from conferences or Bible study, neatly tucked away in the file cabinet at home, if we go down from the mountain remembering the exciting, thrilling music that we've been a part of, but somehow that fades away and we don't act immediately upon what God touches our heart to do and to be in the commitments that He wants us to make. We are in danger then of losing the experience of the mountaintop if we're not willing to apply in the valley what we felt here. We must go down. We must go down because we've received our marching orders from Jesus himself. Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses. The world throws so much garbage at, the, at folks. All anybody has to do, you don't have to open magazines in the average magazine rack in a drugstore, in a bookstore. You can simply look at the covers on the magazines that are, that are stacked there and there's enough filth to pollute the minds of youngsters and oldsters to drown the world. That instrument that could be used so nobly to the glory of God in television satiates the world with sex and with adultery and with every kind of wrong ideal. And our young people see hours and hours and hours and hours of that and somehow we foolishly think that we can play tiddlywinks with them for 20 minutes on a Sunday morning twice a month or once a year and expect them to live like little angels. They're constantly bombarded. The devil wants our youth. The devil wants our young marriage. The devil wants the seniors. The devil wants the babies. We must remember that we are in the midst of a warfare and the enemy is out there and the message that we have is the message from Jesus. And if you will look at Jesus, you'll find he was victorious as he told the truth, as he said the truth, as he said that word, 
and as he touched out with the redeeming hand. Yes, we've received our marching orders from the Master himself. Oh, what a good word we have. Some of you have heard me tell the story once or twice or some of you maybe a dozen times, but it illustrates it the best that I know. It was over 20 years ago when the East Germans built that infamous scar across Berlin as they built that wall to divide the old city of Berlin. A scar built not to keep a free world out, but to keep their own people in. There came a time when the commandant of the East Berlin communist portion of the city gave a decree that for a given period of time all the garbage of East Berlin would be gathered together and brought to one place at the wall. And at a given signal, they took all that garbage of East Berlin and picked it up and dumped it over the wall to West Berlin. Immediately, just like a terrible vibration, the word went out all over West Berlin of the insult that had been hurled at them. The garbage of East Berlin had been dumped upon them. And there was an immediate cry for retaliation. Willy Brandt, who was mayor, of West Berlin said, everybody, hold your calm, hold your peace, and here's my word. Go into your gardens, cut every flower that is in bloom. Go into your homes and every potted plant where there is a bloom, cut it, and gather all the flowers of West Berlin and bring it to the same place at the wall where they dump the garbage on us. And the people began to cut the blossoms and the flowers and all the myriad colors of the rainbow. By the tens of millions, the blossoms were gathered and they came and they built the scaffolding. And where garbage had been dumped on them, they now began to put flowers over the wall to East Berlin. And they erected an enormous sign at the spot. Each gives what he has. There are some folks in the valley where you serve who are bombarded with the world's garbage day by day and hour by hour. And you know the rose of Sharon Fair and you know the lily of the valley. You know Jesus and those who have been hurt by the world and those who have hurt themselves in their own sinful lives need what you can give them, need the touch that you can offer them, need to hear with their ears the sweet name of Jesus loves you. We must go down from this mountain place because if we've caught any kind of a vision at all, we must put hands and feet and body and mind and lip, 
and soul and energy and dynamic and all that God has given us, we must put it to work in order that the vision of these days might be translated into a victory for Jesus. Oh, the victory that can be ours, the joy that can be ours as we have new trophies to present at the feet of Jesus. Why in the world do we seek to have eight and a half million people enrolled in Sunday school it's because then eight and a half million people studying the Word of God will know more about Jesus and will know more about how to live life and will know more about heaven will know more about how to live for the glory of the Master. Why in the world do we say that in the months of July, it starts tomorrow, July and August and September, just three short months that we can go down from this place, even the people in this room, and we can touch enough lives, and we can pray about enough folks, and we can knock on enough doors, and we can touch enough people multiplying ourselves that 650,000 new people can come into the Sunday schools of our churches why? Simply because we want to count nickels and noses? No! But because there are souls, boys and girls, their mothers and dads, who damn their children when they do not tell them anything about Jesus. We want them to bless their children. Their grandparents, who've never done a thing decent in the lives of their children or grandchildren when it comes to the thing of, things of God. We can touch those senior folks and we can bring them to Jesus. Oh, you see the vision. We must go down from this mountain with a new vision, with a new vision and seeing folks and touching folks and looking to see where they are and what we can say to them and how we can touch them. We must go down and we must use every means available to us. One of the responsibilities that is mine at the Sunday School Board is that of the translation into foreign languages of our Bible study curriculum material so that those who are more comfortable in the reading of God's Word in their own native languages living here in the United States can come to know about Jesus and can grow up in Him. Oh, how my heart literally breaks every day that I do not have the resources to have more translations of more of our studies into more languages for we have literally millions of people who prefer to speak a language other than English. Are we going to forget about them? Is our vision going to include them? Are we going to see them as a leper needing to be cleansed? As a lunatic needing the light that only Jesus can bring? Or are we going to be comfortable simply knocking on the doors of our own kind? Are we going to do business as usual that if some folks happen to show up reading an ad in a newspaper, we'll find out who they are and we'll introduce ourselves, but we won't do much beyond that. Listen to me. By the millions, there are blacks in the United States who need to know about Jesus. Are you willing to reach a hand out and tell them about the Master? There are Koreans, there are Chinese, there are Vietnamese, there are Laotians, there are folks of every tribe and nation and language on the face of the earth and every one of them need to know about Jesus. I hope that here on the mountaintop that your vision will be big enough to see all the folks who live in your town. See all the folks who live there. Regardless of 
how they live, regardless of the language they speak, regardless of anything. Let your heart learn to beat for them and let your mind begin to dwell upon them and to pray that God will use somebody. No, that God will use you to reach them. Oh, 650,000 folks in three months enrolled in the Sunday schools of the Southern Baptist Convention. We say that's a big, tough job. Well, how many lost folks are there out there where we live? Around 125 million. Out of that pool of 125 million people who live around us in these United States, where we live, where we buy our groceries, where we shop, where we buy our gasoline, there are 125 million folks who don't know Jesus. What are you going to do about it? The vision. We must go out. We can reach it. It's the challenge of a goal we can reach. Touching five. There's the crisis of our goal in the lives of so many. There's the concreteness of this goal. There's the credibility of this goal. There is the possibility of the completion of it. Yes, it is within our very reach. But the most important thing of all is the Christ of our goals. For we want to introduce Christ to those who do not know Him. And so as we go now in just a few hours down from the mountain back to where God has appointed us to live and to work, how are you going? Are you ready? Are you ready to really get very serious with Jesus? Are you ready to make a commitment that's made up of glue? Are you ready to take a step just one step further than you've ever taken before. Just one more step of a commitment of your heart, of a commitment of your mind, of a commitment of your soul, of a commitment of your hands, of a commitment of your influence. A fresh commitment to do what Jesus ask us to do. I invite you, if by some way you have come to this place and you are not in the family of God because you have never trusted Jesus, I want to tell you that Jesus loves you. And the reason he came and died was to save you. And if you would like to know more about Jesus,
Would you come to Jesus? Some of you have been been fighting in the matter of what you're doing with your life. Back in the back of your brain, there's been a nagging something that Jesus really wants you in a full-time Christian vocation, and you haven't really seen clear how you can cut the ties, how you can do what you need to do in order for any other schooling or for any preparation or, to, or how it'll work. You, you don't know, and so you haven't surrendered to him, but there's that nagging something because you've heard in the moments of your life Jesus has been saying to you, I want you, I want you to go down from the mountain. I want you to, to spend your time telling folks about me. Isn't it about time that you took that step? Isn't it about time? We're going to sing. Hymn number 109. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Please get it straight. Not this preacher. Not this choir. Not our conference leaders. But Jesus. Jesus is calling you. He's calling you to believe in him. And if you believe in him, he's calling you to serve him. To take a stand for him. He's calling you to to screw up your courage and to say, I'll take a fresh start. Things have been tough, but I'm going to hang in there. And I'm going to count for Jesus right where I am. Come, let us pray with you. That'll give you courage and strength as you go down from the mountain. Let's stand and sing. Will you come?